Yeah, we know, we've all been on this road before, Browns fans. An end to another season, an end to another non-playoff season. Welcome to the Doghouse, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns. Andy McNamara alongside Matt Fleur-Jansic from WKYC Sports on Cleveland. You're listening on SB Nation's Dogs by Nature. Oh, Matt, I was thinking as it was the Christmas holidays and all that, you kind of reflect back a little bit. And it, I hearken back to August where I was at training camp, came over, Jesse made a nice a nice picnic lunch. We're all happy. I was out till 4 a.m. and yelled, Baker Mayfield chance through the flats. And now we're here at six and freaking nine and out of the playoffs. Boy, that t- life comes at you fast sometimes, eh, buddy? How are you? Seems like forever ago, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yep, it sure does. It sure. Did you have a Merry Christmas? Yeah, man, it was good. How about you guys up north? Absolutely, yeah. Very nice. The weather was actually spectacular. It was like, people like, oh, it's not a white Christmas. I was like, the only thing a white Christmas gives me is a sore back and the need of a, a heat massager for Christmas. So I'm fine with that. It was, <laughs> it was dry and yeah. it was above freezing. So hallelujah. Good. I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah, very true. Man, Uh, it is nice to be able to, when you do have to travel, however long it is, whether it's short distance or medium distances or what have you, it's nice to be able to do so without, you know, fear of blizzards or sleet or icy roads on black dots that you can't see. Yeah, not, not a good situation if you're stuck in one of those, so... We were fortunate this year, both up north where, where you guys are and then where we are here in Ohio. Yeah, nice, 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 which is which is great. Uh, of course, last week we figured we would not have a victory Monday. Indeed, we did not. Baltimore Ravens did their thing. But, Matt, we'll put little comment on this, then we'll put it to bed because I'm, I'm tired of thinking about, about this game. But if the play calling, game management, or lack thereof does not – and Freddie Kitchens' reign as head coach at the end of the first half last week. I don't know what will, because that was an absolute abomination. Where dare I say, Matt, like, and not being flippant about it, a fan out of the stands, if you saw the game management and play calling, you would say, wow, did they like have a contest and some fan did that? Like, a fan might not have done that poorly in giving up a 6 nothing lead and handing the game to the Ravens. That game was over at halftime, and the Browns should have gone into the half up at least 6 nothing, maybe 9 if they got another field goal. Absolutely should have, but we all know that that's not what happened. Nope. I, I'm still puzzled that the Ravens got the ball with just over two minutes left. No timeouts. No timeouts. None. And, and twice, not just once, twice on the end zone because the Browns inexplicably, instead of running the ball after the Ravens took a 7-6 lead, Browns decided to pass. Mm -hmm. What the hell are you doing? It's been the story all year, Matt. And and that's the problem. Run the damn ball, wear out the clock, go into halftime, 
one-score game. You know you have to give up the damn ball to start the second half. So why not do something smart? You know that. that, As you just said, has been the case all season, and smart things elude Cleveland's coaches these days. Matt, you know that. I know that. Why does the head coach of the football team not know that? And I would be fascinated to hear, like, is Todd Munkin in Freddie's ear like, Freddie, we should be running. He's like, no. Like, is some, is, is anybody trying to correct this in-game and, and Freddie's just overruling it? Like, it just seems like he really needs a filter. And the offensive coordinator angle for him would have been the much more prudent approach. Who cares at this point? It's done. We, we can't do anything about that. But, Matt, like, man, like, the thing that if you're a new coach and you make mistakes and you learn from it and you're like, okay, we could have seen. All right, he learned from the – L.A. Rams game, which I was also at the Sunday nighter, where he didn't run the ball at the four-yard line with the best rusher in football. Didn't run it. Maybe if we would have thought, okay, maybe he'll learn from that. He has learned nothing, Matt. He has learned absolutely nothing. Zero. So why am I bringing back a guy who's learned nothing all season? I'm I'm expected to think he'll figure it out in the offseason? It would be a catastrophe if they bring Freddie Kitchens back, I don't know how they sell it to the fan base, to, to be honest with you. If they do it, I don't know how they do it. I don't know what you can say. Yeah, I'm not sure either, but, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the decision that they make. I wouldn't be surprised if they go the other way and say that he's done. That, uh, that to me, is the only decision. I, Matt, like, like, if they bring him back, the only answer to that question is that John Dorsey feels he'll look stupid and, and we're the one and done you made a mistake it happens be done with it move on people will respect that mistakes happen but recognize it fix it and go in a different direction this has been a flop it's done okay that's okay okay but it's okay as long as you fix it but you cannot bring him back come on yeah i I would be really curious what the the game day play calling is like in the headset. That'd be interesting. Because I can't imagine a veteran offensive coordinator, even if he came from the air raid offense, would sit there and recommend three passes in that, a row when exactly. you have an opportunity to run out the clock. Exactly. Just I don't see that happening. Like that would be so fascinating to find out. Like is Todd Munkin just sitting there like all right, I told him, but but he's being a good soldier and and just not saying anything. Like, because this reflects poorly on him as well, right? Like, in you know, not as much because he said, "No, this is Freddie's offense. This all falls on Freddie." But man, like, Matt, does does the result of this Bengals game, Browns finishing off the year in Cincinnati against the one and fourteen Cincinnati Bengals, who really they've solidified the first overall pick, so they can try to win this game. It doesn't doesn't affect them, so they're probably going to come out hard at home. Andy Dalton's last game, likely with the organization, unless he's a bridge guy. Um, does this does a win or loss affect Freddie Kitchen's future in your mind? It shouldn't, but it might. Hmm. Okay, why? I think if he loses, it's a it's a done deal. Okay. I think he gets fired on the plane ride home. And we're having an 8 a.m. press conference Monday morning to announce that changes are once again mm. coming to Berea. Okay. If they win, I could see Haslam and Dorsey having a press conference and saying, look, it didn't end how we wanted it to. 
You know, it was seven and nine is not good enough. That the standard going forward will be more than seven and nine. Heard that before. I under I understand that. But again, the mistakes have not been learned from how is he gonna learn from mistakes from year one to year two when he can't even learn from week to week? Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. The same problems that bit the Browns in preseason still bite the Browns today. You can't fix you haven't been able to figure out how to use Odell Beckham Jr., injury or not. So is like what changes are gonna be are gonna be made if you keep him? Is it a new defensive coordinator? I'm totally fine saying goodbye to Steve Wilkes. Does Freddie give up the play calling? Here's the thing, Matt. The only reason you made Freddie Kitchens the damn coach was because of his play calling. It's certainly not because of his game management or experience. So it makes, to me, no sense to take the play calling away from him because that was why you got him. Otherwise, what the hell is he doing here? That's why I don't understand the argument. Oh, just take the play calling away from him. Then why do you have him? There's no point. We're not talking about some sage football veteran guru who can oversee things. No, it's play calling and that's it. And the play calling has sucked. Yeah, he got the job based off of two things. The play calling over the... Actually, three things. The play calling over the final eight games. The fact that his resume started with the line, I am not Greg Williams. (laughs) And his relationship with Baker Mayfield. Those were the three things that got him his job. Right. And while he proved one of those things, right, that he is not Greg Williams because Greg actually got disciplined from this team and they went five and three oh. at a critical stretch. I would take Greg Williams. I would Kitchens take him has, has gone the opposite way and gone. Well, he still has an opportunity to go five, uh, five and three over a second half, but they started two and six. Mm-hmm. Um, and Baker looks like a shell of his former self. And I don't know how much is on him versus how much is just on the the bizarre play calling that has plagued this team since the preseason. I, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because he is the number one overall pick and he had such a good start to his career. Mm-hmm. Maybe he had a sophomore slump. You could say maybe he spent too much time doing other things during the off season, And all that may be true, but I still think Kitchens has done him no favors because no. there's too many voices in his head. There's Monken, there's Kitchens, there's Lindley, the quarterback's coach. Too many people have their hands in the damn pot, and that's why it takes till 12 seconds to get a damn play into the huddle. Boy. Well, the other thing, too, is, Matt, Baker needs to be, be coached hard, I think, at this point. Because he, he's a proud guy, he's a competitor, he plays better when he's angry, we're told. Well, he's been angry most of the year, hasn't played too well. This guy needs, and I still think Baker Mayfield has all the intangibles to be, and tangibles, to be a franchise quarterback. I have no doubt of that in my mind. But what you need is a coach to coach him hard, and I think he will appreciate that in the end. You can't have yes men. Okay, Baker. Oh, that's Baker. He does what he wants. No, you need guys to say, hey, listen, pal. Okay? Listen, you're the number overall pick. How'd last year go for you? Not too good. You're going to do it my way. Oh, you, you, you don't like it? Too bad. You need a tough coach for Baker. I think that's what he needs at this point going into year three to make him great. 
It's what he needs. Freddie Kitchens isn't that guy. He's surrounded by a bunch of yes men, and that has flopped. That's sort of what Greg Williams was like last yeah. year over the second half. He was the guy that, I mean, I would have paid good money to see the kind of arguments he and Baker Mayfield had. Oh, that would have been good. Because yeah. Greg was one that would always challenge the hell out of you. Like, and he did pretty well. A Pro Bowl player, he's going to challenge the hell out of you and get you to play better. Like, he just had that ability to piss people off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes he did it, you know, with the best of intentions, and other times he just did it because he thought it was fun. Because he's an, <laughs> he's an a-hole, that, yeah. But that was Greg, and the proof was in the pudding. They played the tails off for that man. Back. I take him back. And, well, I don't, I, I don't think that's happening. Oh, um, I know. But I could see a guy like Mike McCarthy being a perfect fit. Now, whether you can convince him to come out of his hiatus, I don't know. It looks like he's ready, but, Matt. It looks like he's got a staff together and is, like, pitching himself. But it almost looks like his pitch to teams is, like, he he's bringing in like a whole department. Like it might be too strong of a push for Dorsey to bring in someone like that because it looks like McCarthy's trying to go like all in. Like this is my whole football operation team. I will turn your franchise around. So it seems like at this point anyway that might like I I think what the Browns are looking for and for Dorsey especially is just a coach. A guy who's like, look, I'm gonna come in here, I'm gonna coach everyone's butts off, and we're gonna go win some damn football games. So I would take Mike McCarthy in a second, but. I, I, I don't know Ron Rivera. Like, okay, like, I, I, I don't know who else is out there who we don't want. Like, it's that blend, Matt. We don't want a first-year guy who's like, I got to learn on the job again. Oops. And you don't want just a totally recycled head coach who's just cashing a payday because we've seen that too. Yeah, we have. And truthfully, the last, I believe, Shermer, Chud, Tetton, yeah, the last five coaches have been first-timers. Yeah, outside of Hugh, who had that, like, one season. He was almost a first-timer. Yeah. And, okay, so four of the last five yeah. have been first-timers. And that one year in Oakland that Hugh had, it was bizarre because he went undefeated in the division and still couldn't make the playoffs. Yeah, and the owner died and all that. Like, it was a messy situation. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't get along with the owner's kid who sees control of the organization. Yeah, it was just a, a mess. But my point is, un- unproven coordinator guy ha- has not been kind to the Browns. No. Uh, and it would be very difficult for me to see them trot out another unproven oh. coordinator guy to lead this team. You don't need a young cat that's going to be, you know, analytics-based and trying to win games on spreadsheets. You need a guy that can control and lead a quarterback Mm -hmm. and make sure that your star defensive player doesn't go Mortal Kombat on your arch-rival's quarterback. (laughs) What a great great description that is, man. Mortal Kombat. I'm just picturing like Scorpion to get over here and just rips his insides out. That's that's awesome. I love that. Can you like, use that in an article? That is great. <laughs> we we can't have that happen. Like we have to have a guy that can control 
his team and instill discipline. They're, yeah. They've been playing fast and loose the whole year. And here we are at 6-9, and nine, 17th year in a row without a playoff berth, mm. 12th year in a row without an above 500 record. Uh. Uh, this will be the first time in 18 years that a quarterback starts all damn 16 games for this team. And that's like the lead story on the Browns' website. It's like, he made it the whole way. We still didn't do well, but at least he made it. Yeah, why are we celebrating like, okay. that? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, that's the type of stuff that when I was with the team, I had to write, and I understand that. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I feel sorry yeah. for the people who have to write it. Yeah. But, dude, we should not be like embracing this like, hey, this is a good thing. It's like, no, we still suck. Mm-hmm. And he does not look nearly as good as he did in week uh, in year one. And that's a big, big problem going forward that if you can't develop your quarterback, I don't know what's going to happen to you. Well, yeah, that, 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 that's exactly it. Like for John Dorsey, you got you to gotta balance the, okay, I don't want to look dumb for firing my head coach with the fact that if Baker Mayfield doesn't develop, you are tied with him to the end. You don't get a second first overall quarterback pick, okay? Like this is, you don't get a second shot at a franchise quarterback. So you you gotta you gotta go make it and do it. Good lord, we're brought to you, folks. By the way, by the way, by Cleveland whiskey, um, the Christmas bourbon. I know how spectacular it is. I I hope all of you have tried it. It's still available. You can check it local stores around uh, Cleveland, Northeast Ohio, but also online at clevelandwhiskey.com. Try it out. Even if it's not in your area, get the eighty-seven, the uh, original bourbon. The uh, the straight bourbon's amazing as well. The award-winning underground series, spectacular underground hickory, the cherry. They got rye. There are so many, and the recipes, Matt. I was on the, uh, uh, Cleveland Whiskey's Instagram at Cleveland Whiskey and on Twitter at Cleve Whiskey. The type of cocktail stuff, like there's cranberry holiday cocktail stuff. You, you mix it in with the different types of Cleveland whiskey. It is great. Like there are so many things. Make sure you're checking it all out at clevelandwhiskey.com, clevelandwhiskey.com, and get us on Twitter at AndyMC81 and at Matt Fleurjancic. Uh Matt, let's swing over to this Bengals game here, man. Uh, Bengals, like I said, they can play loosey-goosey. They got the first overall pick locked up. They can play to win. Andy Dalton may be the last hurrah. Uh, Nick Chubb, I, here's what I'm hoping for out of this game, Matt. One, of course, that the Browns win it. Two, Baker, no turnovers. Give me like a three-touchdown day. Get over that 20 mark. He has 19 touchdowns. And let's get Nick Chubb. Maybe let's get Nick Chubb to 10 touchdowns. Think that happens. He's at eight. And just have him have another 100-yard day. Solidify. Get him over that 1,500-yard mark. And just have a, have us our first rushing champ since, was it Leroy Kelly in 68? Leroy Kelly, 1968. Woo. Let's do it, man. How do you think this one plays out? Do you think they come out hot? Like, uh, here's the thing, Matt. I don't see this one going anywhere in the middle. I see either the Browns rally and just come out like, screw you, everybody. We're going to come out and put the boots to the Bengals, which, by the way, would give Freddie Kitchens the first, like, winning division record in, what, since 2002, since Butch Davis. So that's something he could, like, promote. Say, okay, hey, I finished 4-2 and two in the division. Uh, we have this. So that would be another positive for him. Uh, but it either goes, they, they come out firing or they come out completely sluggish and let the Bengals just do their thing and they just mail it in. And I honestly, I don't know which one it's going to be, but I don't see it going anywhere in the middle. Yeah, I don't either. Um, that, that's kind of scary to think, though, mm-hmm. that we're going to mail it in right now. 
Well, you know, this team is not. Would it surprise you? Close to being good enough to mail in an effort and try to win a ball game. No. But I do see it as a distinct possibility. Mm. Um, personally, I would feature the hell out of Nick Chubb. Yeah. And make them stack the box against me. They're the worst run defense in football. Correct. And I would stack. Uh, I would make them stack the box against me to open up the pass game. That being said, Freddie Kitchens is going to call 10 pass plays in the first 12 snaps. Matt, if we replayed every episode of the Doghouse this year, I think for pretty much all of them, we'd say the key to victory is to run the damn ball. And every yeah. week, we don't see that. And somehow, I, somehow Nick Chubb is the leading rusher in football. Like, that is by pure... Like, imagine if you had a coach that knew what they were doing. Like, Nick Chubb would have 2,000 rushing yards. He would. He'd have 2,000 damn yards. The thing with Nick that we're seeing is that hard work really does pay off if you put in the time. Mm. That kid is running his ass off yeah. in practice. Yeah. He's, he's busting it every single freaking day, just looking like a guy who's trying to make the roster. And you're seeing the results of that when he springs those big 57-yard runs, 80-yard runs. Like he's deceptively fast. He's never going to blow you away with speed. But when he gets to that second level, if you're not right there with him, you're done. It's over. Like he's just going to make you look bad. Wow. Uh, he, uh, I am biased. He is my one of my favorite guys on the team. He doesn't give me much to write when it comes to press conference sound. But I love that in the sense that He's just a guy that shows up to work and wants to do his job. He wants and to win. As, as somebody like you or I, I can respect the hell out of that. Yep. Yeah. He, guy wants to win. Guy wants to be the best. Guy's about team. Like, my, like what a throwback. That's why they call him old school. And Kareem Hunt, I think, should be back and all that. Like, it's we, – we all know the path to victory. We don't know if Freddie Kitchens can get out of his own way in the final game of the season and – maybe be able to showcase some sort of game plan to the front office and like, okay, Hey, all right. Game 16. I finally, I finally figured it out. Like, yeah, I, I maybe going to try to feature Odell a little bit to help him get over the thousand yard mark. Because if they have two guys who go over 1000 receiving yards and they end up with the leading rusher in the NFL, you're starting to see a case being made mm -hmm. in a positive direction for Freddie Kitchen staying because they had a lot of success offensively despite themselves. And despite the I record. think that goes to the level of, to be honest with you, I think those, if those things happen, that Chubb leads the league and then Beckham and Landry both go over 1,000, I think that's more of an indictment on the ability to get players for John Dorsey than it is Freddie Kitchen's ability to coach them. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Boy, this is going to be a, a real fascinating game to watch and see how it plays out, just the, the effort-wise. Because if they quit on the coach, that's a case like, boy, the, this game, it's uh, the future of the Browns. Like Next next season, it could be riding on this game the more I think of it. All right, Matt, let's get to our Cleveland Whiskey official score prediction Browns, Bengals, who you got, and what's the score? Everything in me was telling me don't pick the Browns. And I'm going to not listen. I am going <laughs> to boy. pick the Browns 
21-17. I'm looking at the weather. It looks like it's going to be 55 Fahrenheit, which is pretty warm, but rainy. So maybe more on the ground. You said 21-17. Give me 28-21 Browns. And I'm going to say two touchdowns for Nick Chubb to give him to 10. I'm thinking positive. Come on, Freddie. Don't yeah. be an idiot. Let's go. God. I don't feel good about my pick, but I'm sticking with it. Yeah, I'm with you too. I, I, Like I said, I don't see this one being like a squeaker won by a last-second field goal. And not that our scores are blowouts, but I, I, I see effort-wise it going one way or another. And, and hopefully we see this team play with some um, – some pride, some energy, and they stick with it. So, I don't know. All right, buddy. Uh, that'll do it. We, you have a bunch of stories up, wkyc.com slash sports. Check Matt out there. Also on Twitter at Matt Florjancic, myself at AndyMC81. Matt, maybe we'll have one more victory Monday. And otherwise, if uh, either way, we'll be on Coach Watch. So, make sure you're staying tuned and following us on social media and SB Nation Dogs by Nature to keep track. And, and if there is a coaching change or whatever, we'll, uh, we'll bring a show to you. All right, buddy. Good yep, stuff. Emergency doghouse time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Matt. We'll talk to you later, man. Have a good one. Uh, uh, you too, Andy. All right. There he goes, Matt Florjancic. I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to The Doghouse, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns.